All right, well, here we are, Bobby and Jared. Hi, Jared. Hey, Bobby. How's it going? It's cool, well, man. Um, so we're here with our first real episode of... Um, we don't really know what our title is yet. We didn't. We had an entire intro episode in which we talked about, what are we going to title this thing? And we didn't even get to that. Yeah. Well, hopefully what we'll do is um, after this episode, we'll have we'll have a, a title added in. I think it'll be fun. Um, but we're going to kind of do some crowdsourcing on that, yeah. I think. Um, mm-hmm. The crowdsourcing will probably begin after the intro episode um, into this episode. And there you go. Because mm-hmm. most likely – the intro episode hasn't been out yet, or will be out. I don't know. It'll yeah. be out after we, like we said, we said it was gonna be out after Thanksgiving. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully it will be. But anyway, I lost track. I was just thinking, like, can we uh, make a misleading title in order to get like some listeners right off the bat? Yeah. <laughs> like, call it um, "Fantasy Football Tips." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be fun. Or um, or deep secrets into the Bible. I guarantee you get people going like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> right. what, is, what does that mean? Deep secrets into the Bible. I don't think we're going to have either one of those things. Uh, I think the Bible stuff we talk about won't be a secret. Mm-mm. And there won't be any fantasy football tips because I don't even know about reality football. <laughs> My son was very upset to find out that fantasy football did not involve unicorns and orcs. <laughs> you know, But you yeah. think of what a kicker a unicorn would be. Yeah, yeah that'd be, that would be impressive. Mm-hmm. I think um, – I can just imagine what kind of defensive line you would have if you had, like, goblins Mm -hmm. and, like, orcs. That would be really fun. Yeah. It occurs to me now I shouldn't have even brought this up because we're going to lose, like, whatever five listeners we have today. Yeah. Right now. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry about that. We'll we'll get refocused real quick. Yeah. We'll edit this out. Okay. Uh, But the focus is what? So today I thought um, we would do our first episode since we talked about the idea of what we're going to be talking about in regards to culture and Christianity and things like that. I really wanted to focus on um, what does it mean to be a celebrity Christian or even a Christian celebrity, um, <laughs> right? Because because what I'm watching right now in culture, it feels like there's a big movement amongst like um, you know actors, musicians, okay. all claiming Christianity. Yeah. Okay, but what happens is that once they say I'm a follower of Christ, there's this whole. Um, group of people who just assume that since they are this, that they need to be used on their platform to hmm. always be talking about Jesus. And then if they don't, they must not be a real Christian, right? right? They must not really be, um, you know, the the person that they say that they are in regards to their relationship with Jesus. Um, a, a great example, okay. uh, Justin Bieber. Um, oh, he's saying he's Christian. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So let me. Yeah. He's Canadian, so I figured there was a high chance. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> yes. Well, Justin Bieber. So he um, a while back, I can't remember when, but he there it was actually a Coachella of this last recent Coachella. Okay. He was leading a group of people in worship. Um, I, I want to say it was Reckless Love. I believe he said. Okay. But, so he was um, doing like a popular praise song. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he led the group in that. And in his concerts, he talks a lot about Jesus. And, All right. And, and he talks – and he's shared a lot about his faith with people there. Um, he's actually engaged to Stephen Baldwin's daughter, Haley Baldwin. Okay. And Stephen Baldwin, um, if you don't know, he's the most Christian out of all the Baldwin brothers. Um, he's the one who started the skateboard ministry mm-hmm. that was – I can't remember what it's called now. But he did like – anyway, he's been very prominent and in, in outspoken about his Christian faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Bieber and Haley are now together and, and Bieber – uh, he's been influenced by um, Carl Lentz, okay. uh, Judah Smith. Mm. Um, I think he has some connection with uh, Craig Rochelle. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I know that um, you know Carl Lentz and um, and Judah Smith have huge Im- influence in in Bieber's life, mm-hmm. and you know all these celebrities. And then you have people like Kanye. You know, okay. Kanye says that he's a Christian. Kanye, I thought said he w- he was. Jesus or some maybe the, am I wrong on this? Um, he's he's made some really messed up references. Yeezy, Yeezy, Yeezy. Yeah, okay, and, and Jesus, he came out with Jesus. Jesus. Okay, maybe that's where I drew that from. Yeah. I'm not saying Kanye said that. I, yeah. I like to I like to read Kanye West's Twitter every once in a while. Um, that, that who, who doesn't? That'll, yeah. that'll mess up your head. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's but it's true yeah. though. I mean, he yeah. the stuff that he says is I mean it's very um, uh, I don't know it's 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 it pushes a lot of people's buttons, sure. and it's very hard. But well, going way back, he had the song "Jesus Walks." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, so so he's always had like Jesus in his um, 
lyrics and his words and the things mm-hmm. that he says, whatever. But he, but anyway, so people look at him and they say, well, you, you, you need to be a Christian. Well, you say you are, but you're not doing this. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, you have Snoop Dogg, who his mom okay. is that actual evangelist, and okay. he came out with a uh, gospel album, and yeah. it was actually not too bad. It, it wasn't it wasn't like the best, but it wasn't too bad. Um, but he's he actually came out and he was like, you know, I don't know why the church wants to attack people like me. Who, okay. yeah, my lifestyle was this, and it still is at times, and mm-hmm. it's what I do. But at the same time, like, you know, the church is meant for sinners; it's not for saints. You mm-hmm. know, like, and and so, but and which can be argued in different directions you know but at the same time the people jump on these these um celebrities and they say well look they say they're christian they better be acting like christians and they need to use their platform to demonstrate that but then you take it to the next level and you see christian celebrity pastors okay yeah and christian celebrity pastors is another thing that i kind of struggle with um as a pastor myself and as in they became famous for being a pastor yes right yeah for um either because they had the money to get the right cameras in you know to make themselves look really good um mm-hmm. or they had the money in time to be able to go to a gym all the time and look really really in shape i feel like straight teeth is really important yes you gotta right. have straight teeth you gotta have nice hair yeah. um and if you don't have nice hair then you gotta have a good clean bald head if you don't have a good clean bald head mm-hmm. you're not gonna work out either so it's, it's i mean i'm i'm actually really um for lack of a better term i'm screwed in this um <laughs> Because <laughs> like my body shape, definitely not. Uh, my 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 head of hair. No, I have a, a facial yeah. hair. I got a nice beard. Yeah. I'll take that. Oh, hundred percent. I, I will claim the beard. Uh, um, yeah. But when it comes to everything else, like no. Nah. Um, this and, is, by the way, is why we podcast. Yes. Uh, because you know the old saying, "A face for radio." Yes, we so. have we have great faces for podcasts. <laughs> yeah. But you know, but the thing is, like these pastors who become celebrities, and and people celebrate these pastors and. Um, even for me, you know, like mm-hmm. I've I've gone and um, I've gone to guest speak at places and, sure. and do speaking engagements, and I've had people who have actually said that they wish they like I. This happened about a year and a half ago. I was at an event speaking, and this one person said that they didn't come hear me speak because they didn't know my name. Okay, but then they heard people talk about my message, and mm-hmm. they were like, "Man, we wish we would have came." Do you know if it was recorded? I said, "I don't think it was recorded." They said, "Well, well, I wish I would have come." Like, can you tell me? And I was like. Well, why didn't you come? Well, we didn't know who you were. I'm like, <laughs> See, so that kept yeah. you from coming to hear me speak because you didn't know who I, who I well, am? See, like, they're a little bit like those people we made fun of in the 90s who only got into a band after it was popular. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. And we're like, man, if you were really cool, you would have listened to them when they were just making basement tapes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's like... That's You're the, a basement tape pastor right now. Yes. This I, podcast is a basement tape. That's what it is. Yep, yeah. it's, a, it's a basement tape. Yeah. Um, and... I mean, and it's kind of funny because we're, we're recording in an old armory right now. So it's like correct, yeah. It's almost like turned community center, turned community center uh, right. on a place that I, I think will be um, uh, interesting in its contrast to this this uh, the overall arc of this podcast. We are coming to you live from Robert E. Lee Avenue, <laughs> yes. right? Yes, and we are we are just uh, an hour away from from my hometown, which is also the birthplace of Stonewall Jackson. Whoa, I didn't know that. Absolutely, maybe I did know that. I don't know, but that's I, still pretty cool. I can take you. Isn't there a statue? There's there? a statue of Stonewall Jackson uh, in front of the courthouse. I feel like this is going to be subject of a later episode. Yes, uh, there's a very nice, friendly coffee house right next door named uh, Stonewall Coffee. Can't recommend it more highly. It has nothing to do. <laughs> Yeah. With Confederate soldiers, it's just the name Stonewall is on everything. We have a Stonewall Resort. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Down the road, and yeah. uh, I can show you a playground, and next to it uh, are the the grave stones of Stonewall Jackson's parents. Whoa! So, but you know, yeah. historically, uh, West Virginia uh, was in the Union. Yeah, in the Civil War. So we yeah. come from a complicated yeah. uh, place. So yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But yeah. but I just point that out to say Robert E. Lee Avenue, mm-hmm. and we're going to do a podcast here that you know talks about Christianity, and every once in a while we'll circle back around to maybe racial reconciliation, mm-hmm. talks of white privilege, oh, racism that's... in America, in our history. Yeah, that's so. actually going to be a, a part of the, the book segment when we talk about the books that we have. Oh, good. Okay. So, well, I want to get back to the yeah, celebrity thing. Yeah, I just had a couple follow-up questions. Yeah. So has yeah. 
Justin Bieber ever referred to himself or anyone else as a believer in Christ? Okay. Actually, I believe so. I okay. believe somebody made a joke about that. Okay. I don't, I don't know if it was a legitimate, like, I am a believer. Like, Okay. I, I would hope not. Maybe anyway. it was a satirical. Yeah. You know, I hope he would know. Yeah, so, I think like yeah. Babylon B probably did it. I don't know. Probably yeah. Babylon B. Yeah, yeah. shout out mm-hmm. to ba- Babylon B. They're not a sponsor of this yet. Um, I'm going to emphasize yet, uh, but they – if you don't know Babylon B, it's a yeah. satirical site, kind of like the Onion, uh, but for Christians. And yeah, it's fun. But yeah, it's it's definitely the Onion coming at you um, <laughs> from a, a group of people that grew up in church. I would yeah, say yeah. There, there are things you can only understand if you've grown up in church, <laughs> right? From coming from that website. But. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So this this Christian celebrity idea, uh, it, it frustrates me at times um, because even for a Christian hip hop artists like Lecrae, right. Um, he came under fire. He even says this in his new album. Um, he talked about the idea of how people have wanted him to stop speaking so much about his blackness okay. and keep talking about religion and t- talk about Jesus. Yeah. And he's like, now wait a second. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like this is who I am. This is who God created me to be and you want me to shut that down so that way I make you feel comfortable. That's not how it works. And so he actually got Oh, shunned. they were telling him to oh, yeah, stop that t- because mm-hmm. of – Okay, um, yeah. and they and they said, "Hey, take that out of your out of your message." Yeah, because because okay. he um, he came out with his album. Uh, oh man, oh, I can't remember what it's called now. Anomaly. Mm-hmm. Um, and in in his song Anomaly, he has a song called "Welcome to America." Right. And in that song, um, not to be confused with uh, Childish Gambino's "This This Is America." Just want to make sure I yeah. get that clear. But but the but this one, Lecrae. Um, Welcome to America talks about the idea of how the things that we that um, in America you have prostitution, you have people doing things that are not healthy for drugs and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and then you go into people who are. Um, he talks about the military and how he sends soldiers over, but then America forgets about them when they come back and they live homeless or they yeah. have mental issues that aren't taken care of. Okay, um, and then he talks about how the foreign country, you know, people in foreign countries are. Working in foreign lands, everybody wants the clothes that they're making for them. But then when they try to make it over to America, America pushes them away. Okay, um, it's a, he, I haven't heard anything uh, wrong yet. No, so, no, okay. it's a great song. I love hip hop, and I love this this album. I love his music. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he made that album, uh, a lot of people, um, a lot of Christians, rose up against him because they said um, that's not that's not Christian. That's not – we don't hear Jesus in that. Okay. We don't hear – it was just more of a um, – you are uh, – you're addressing the greatest country on earth, mm-hmm. right? And you're you're ruining our message. It's like, well, no, wait a second. He's speaking mm-hmm. truth into um, some, some issues that our country has that we need to speak into. But the Christian people say, well, you aren't, you aren't speaking Christ. You're speaking, you know, whatever. You're creating division. And he's like, no, I'm speaking truth. Mm-hmm. So anyway – what what has happened in this world and in our cult, Christian culture is that we've created this um, idea of what it means to be a Christian celebrity. Yeah. Um, if you are a celebrity and you claim to be Christian, well, you better be careful because now we expect you to do everything right. Um, yeah. You, okay. And that was – you know, I, I felt that as a kid, you know, um, just growing up in youth group. There mm-hmm. was this little part of you that says if I go to high school and I start sharing the gospel – does that mean that I'm under the microscope to be perfect all the time? Yeah, because man, who can pull that off in high school? Mm-hmm. No, and but the churches, but the churches created that right. where we expect people, even though the people who are attacking people, if you ask them what their life was like, you can almost guarantee that they would say, "Oh, well, I don't want to talk about my life. Let's talk about their life. Let's sure. talk about all the things that they're doing wrong because mm-hmm. they're not using their platform. They're the ones with a platform." Okay. But if you go back to our intro um, talk, we, we talked yeah. about the idea of everything that we do represents Christ. Sure. So people who are – whether you're working as and, – and I'm not I'm not putting a, a, a level on jobs or vocation, but I'm saying like you might say, well, you're working as a um, – I don't know, a janitor okay. in, a, in a middle school somewhere um, in, in middle America, right? You're, in, yeah. you're a janitor there and then you have a celebrity who has – millions of dollars and, and all these people watching them and you're a janitor who nobody knows your name. Okay. 
but you both say you're Christian, you both have an equal responsibility to demonstrate Christ in everything that you do. And no right. one is at a higher level than another. You use your platform, the platform that God has given you, to mm-hmm. use it for his glory no matter where you are. So why celebrate one and not the other? I mean, right. the, I mean if, you, if you examine the word celebrity, the word celebrates in it. They, these are the people we celebrate. Right. Yeah. And so for me, it's like I'm – I struggle because I sit and I see all these people who are who are recognizing celebrities who are Christians, mm-hmm. but then creating celebrities out of Christians. So yeah. going back to the, the celebrity pastor, right? right. Um, I have nothing against these pastors who are recognized as celebrities. Um, you know, you can you can name off a bunch of them. I won't because that's I don't want to create you know any tension there. I literally can't unless yeah. they've written a book that I've been interested in. You know, I, I see people sometimes. Uh, you know, Babylon be among them. You know, mm-hmm. uh, making fun of uh, people mm-hmm. uh, for their hypocrisies or uh, maybe um, their their loose interpretation yeah. uh, of some part of scripture. Yeah. And uh, I actually won't know who the person is. Uh, well, I don't get swept away. <laughs> you know, I, because of the pastors that have affected my life um, are people I've known. Yeah. And if it's someone. I haven't known it's because a pastor or a Bible study leader said, check out this book, you know, so mm-hmm. I'll read a book and it'll yeah. be by a person, you know, of faith. Uh, I won't know how famous they are. So I really don't have my finger on the pulse of like, who are the cool Christians now? You yeah. Know? And uh, I, th- and I think that, um, for, for many, they would say, oh, well, we just like them because of the things that they write. Right. But then if you were to say something against some of the theology or if you were to say something against kind okay. of what they – you know, if you were to even challenge that person, um, all of a sudden they, they jump on you, mm-hmm. right? Well, why are you jumping on me? Well, because you're attacking my pastor. Okay. Is it your pastor? Like do you attend their church? Yeah. Well, no, but I would call them my pastor. Well, why would you do that? Well, because I read their books. Okay, well – so now you <laughs> – Well, so you now, live in Pittsburgh, but yeah. your pastor <laughs> yeah. is has a giant, giant church in Dallas, Texas. You know, right. so – Yeah, right. and, and so you create this whole thing of like these are my – these are my pastors, but they, they're celebrated and they're, they're human just like every mm-hmm. other pastor. And to be honest with you, the only reason why they're celebrities is because – Somehow, some way, they've received the money to get themselves known, mm-hmm. and um, they've done they've done what they could to market themselves really well, and that's awesome. But then the danger comes in to where we say mm-hmm. um, these pastors are the only pastors who have voices oh, in, yeah. our, in our country or in our world because they're known. But yet, I know several pastors who don't have the the platform, like the or the. Um, the TV presence or the book presence mm-hmm. or whatever, but they speak more truth in, into my life than any of these major pastors do. Sure. I listen to some of these major pastors' podcasts. I do because I, I, I love listening to them speak, and, and sometimes they have insight into things that mm-hmm. I don't, and I'm like, whoa, that's really good. And, and I might say, okay, so now that's a great insight. How can I, how can I sh- uh, share that with my congregation? Right. How can I share that with my friends? Um and I would never look at them as being celebrities, right? But some people would would be so um, enamored by them and only right. listen to them and only say, "Well, they're the only ones I will listen to." I won't go to it. Like I know somebody um, in my own community who says that they won't go to a church because their church is with this other pastor who they right. have no connection with, okay. they have no relationship with, but because they they that this this pastor's popular. Okay. So that's who they watch. It it, is it safe to say contest. that they've become disciples uh, of these people? Uh, like let me put it this way. Uh, I, I knew I knew a worship leader. Um, you know, amazing. This is a little different, but he he was he was an amazing musician. Um, his band uh, it was, they were great, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was like watching a, a little mini version of U two live, you know. They had the great guitarist, a uh, great drummer, um, but the guy very much carried himself uh, like uh, David Crowder. Yeah, uh, and he he wore his hair and beard like David Crowder, kind of dressed like him, um, and he like ninety nine percent of his you know. Uh, Set you know for for like a a war, leading worship for for like a camp or a church where David Crowder songs you know mm-hmm. and a friend of mine says you know he's a disciple of David Crowder yeah <laughs> so is it safe to say that uh, some people um, you know choose to become disciples uh, in a way like at least through the the books and podcasts I th- or I think then you would you would have to say then 
um, what is your the definition of a disciple? Okay, um, because when you look in scripture, a disciple is one that follows closely with the rabbi, right? That mm-hmm. was, I mean, that was what was happening with the disciple. Was Jesus. like a physical presence, it, it, like it, I'm physically following close. I, I mean, it, it, that's that's what I, I grasp in in scripture. Yeah, so when when you see it, it's a it's a a close relationship with right. that person. Um, and so for me, when I hear somebody being a disciple of someone from a distance, mm-hmm. um, like I have a mentor who I, who I can pick from who lives in California. Okay. Um, but I also have a really close relationship with him because he was also my youth pastor. All right. And so I have that relationship with him. I would never look at a person online that I'd never met, never mm-hmm. – um, I've never had a cup of coffee with. I've never grown I, – I haven't grown to know who they are. I don't know their heart. Right. Other than what they're speaking from a stage. There's, yeah. I would not be able to call myself a disciple of that person because I'm not I'm not walking closely with them. They're not challenging me to be anything different. They're not – Sure. They can't rebuke you. They right. can't point out um, your weaknesses or – Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so it, it, I'm – so it would be almost the saying like, well – uh, like I'm in, like I'm trying to do stand-up comedy, right? And I right. love doing, I love doing that. I love making people laugh. Um, Not try, you did it. Well, I did. It was funny. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, Sorry. hey, thank you. But, um, but I did that, and but I've also watched a lot of comedians. I've been watching, Jack, sure. I've been watching Jack Black, Chris Farley. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite comedian of all time is Chris Farley. Um, I watch Kevin Hart. I watch, you know, I watch all these comedians. Mm-hmm. But I would never say that I'm like I'm a disciple of any of those comedians because right. I don't I'm not like I'm not sitting with them and they're not shaping how I how I do my comedy. They're just influences. They're influences. Yeah. Um, By the way, the the four comedians you just mentioned, it struck me how the, those four people have influenced the way I teach English class. That's awesome. I'm a little bit of a Jack Black slash Chris Farley, you know. Yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. The, in the way that I get kids to enjoy Shakespeare. Yeah, and so, that's good. You know. That's good. And I think that because they've influenced you, but you would never say you're a disciple of them. And I would never say I'm a disciple of Andy Stanley or Judas right. Smith. I listen to them. Okay. I, I, I'm influenced by them. But I'm not a, not a disciple, and I think that if anybody tries to say that, well, I'm a disciple of, no, nah, if they're if they're distant, I, I can't see that. Mm-hmm. Um, that they need somebody who's going to be holding them accountable up close, who can who they know, who they know them, and 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 they know each other. Right. Um, and so for me, that's where we kind of get into a dangerous level of, I don't know, um, praise and celebrity worship of pastors. Yeah. Is that we won't go places unless we know the names. We won't go places right. or listen to a person speak unless they sound like so and so. Even when I went to speak, I went to speak for an event one time, and I had somebody ask me like, "Who do you sound like?" Um, okay, and that person might actually listen to this. Like, so, what like, genre of pastor are you? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Like, like who yeah. do I sound like? And well, I said, you well, get like an unknown, uh, an unknown band coming in. They'll say, "Sounds like Pearl Jam," you know. So right, and but but then I guess for me, it's like I understand that for a band, sure. But for a pastor, because it's a commercial product when it when it's a band, it's right. you got to market this. Yeah. Right? No, are we supposed to be marketing pastors? Because what, what I'm hearing you're saying is that uh, a little bit like uh, the, these pastors have a, uh, a a public a public persona, mm-hmm. um, and, and the definition of persona is not entirely accurate to to who they are behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. They have a public persona, and um, their their books, their sermons. You know, a lot of that uh, it, it is a bit of a, commer- a consumer product. Mm-hmm. The idea that we want to know what we're getting before we buy it. Yeah. You know, like I want to know what is this pizza going to taste like? Yeah. You know, so yeah. same thing with, with, a, with a pastor coming in. Not – are they going to come in here and speak whatever truth we need? Yeah. You know, or are they going to come in and they're going to sound like, uh, I don't know, Yeah, pastor so-and-so? Yeah, and, no. and, and it's like – and it becomes um, – it becomes a gosh, I want to say like a like a badge of honor or even yeah. something for some people because well, whose church do you go to? Oh, I don't know who that is. Well, you know what church I went to? You know what church <laughs> I went to today? Yeah. You know what church I'm going to this weekend? Okay. I'm going to Pastor So and So's church down there in um, you know whatever place that, ha- that yeah. has two thousand, three thousand members. Okay. I'm going to that church. Okay. Oh my gosh! And then it's like, and I do want people to like. Love their pastors in that way, where they're they're sort of I don't want to say proud, but they they're very happy to be a member of of that congregation. You know, you like, want you, that. you want that, yeah. But this like, whole business of you know, well, we go there. You yeah, know, so. it's like and, and yeah. 
Like, it's one thing to be like, oh, man, so wait, you go to this person's church? Oh, dude, yeah. he his messages are so spot on. You're lucky to have that kind of pastor. My pastor does great stuff, but not, I mean, like, but it's yeah. not. But when it becomes a, I'm going to, I cannot wait to go on vacation so I can go visit this church because I want to be able to say that I went to see this pastor. Gotcha. It's not a, for me, it becomes a, because then when they show up and there's a guest speaker, how disappointed they are. Okay. Now, wait a second. Like, were you going because you wanted to get the word of God, or were you going so you can just hear this one person? Because mm-hmm. that's a problem. And and so... Ah, you know, when, the idea that I would come and see uh, a celebrity pastor, a little bit is I would feel like uh, I was performed to. Now, every public every public appearance is a performance. I mean, when I teach in mm-hmm. class, there's a, there's a performance level of that, mm-hmm. you know. And, and and to be honest, you know, after ten years of teaching, you know, some lesson plans you can develop a routine. You know, when I when I lecture on this, I'm going to use certain jokes, you know, mm-hmm. and they don't know my jokes because they haven't had my class before. Everybody right. who knows my jokes graduated last year, you know, right. so I can reuse, right? And, you know, uh, if a pastor comes in and says, he's going to be doing this, you know, uh, I, I a little bit feel like I, I've been given, um, you know, sort of a canned, what do they call them, the canned sermons, you mm-hmm. know? But I feel like uh, um, I, I've been performed for. He performed the canned mm-hmm. sermon, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder, um, is that what pastoring is, or is that what was that what speaking is? I mean, I'm a theater teacher, so I know that's what a show is. Mm-hmm. You know, when I do a play, I want it to be perfect performance. I want the audience to feel what we want them to feel. If it's a sad play, I want them to feel sad. If it's a happy play, I want them to feel happy. Uh, but is that what we're doing? You know, when we when we public speak as as pastors, I have no idea because I'm not a pastor. Yeah, and so there's there's a lot to it. So I always laugh because. When I was in elementary school, early middle school, I wanted to be a lawyer, right? I, I really wanted to be a lawyer. And then in the middle of middle school, um, into early high school, I got into into comedy. Like Tommy Boy came out, uh, started watching started yeah. watching all those, started watching uh, – yeah, I, I loved comedy. So then I was like, oh, I don't want to be a lawyer. I want to be a comedian. Um, and <laughs> oh, then, and then your whole life was ruined. Yeah. So, okay. so then I went into that, and then um, and then I got into theater for a little bit, and I loved the the class I was in. But then I, I gave it up for football. But I love theater, and um, but my thing for for theater was I loved acting. So I was like, you know what? I think I could be an actor. That'd be cool. Yeah. Like I can I can do this. And then um, it was probably my sophomore year in high school. I think it was where we went to. Uh, like a children's hospital and I just I fell in love with the work at that, that place and I wanted to go serve there and so then I said I'm going to be a pediatrician so I was going to go to I, that's where my pursuit was I was going to go to medical school yeah and then when I felt the call into ministry I was like why am I going to be a minister like what in the <laughs> world like no I want to be a pediatrician right and then and then it dawned on me as I was speaking to a group of middle school students one time and I was making them laugh I was doing a skit and then I was Arguing the case for Jesus for their life and why it's important. Right. And then it was like, I'm when they accepted Christ, it's like, I'm a part of the healing process for them. Right. And all of a sudden I was like, I'm doing all four things that I ever all wanted those to things. do. Yeah. I'm hearing you tell the story. Thing. And I'm like, yeah, it occurs to me that everything that you were interested in, you put it all together, uh, a pastor um, can use all that. Right. So. And so, but for pastors, there's a fine line of of being an actor on stage mm-hmm. and trying to get people to buy into your message through your mm-hmm. acting right. or um, being real and authentic and challenging people in your word, challenging people in what you're teaching them. Mm-hmm. But you don't need to be something different than what you are in real life. Okay. And so a lot of times when I do see pastors doing – there are some pastors who are doing great great work outside of the, off this off the stage. You know, like I know pastors who are the same as they are in the pulpit as they are when they go to the grocery store. Right? Oh, that's, and that's, and that's 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 what awesome. We, that's what we hope. You yeah, know? sure. But then there are some pastors who are celebrity pastors who would say that if you if you were to see them in front of their congregation, they're awesome. But if they don't know their, the person that they're running into. Um, then they're not – they aren't as awesome. Okay. But unless they're called out on it, yeah. you know, and then when they are called out on it, they have enough backing from their congregation because they have massive groups of people who follow them. They'll say, well, that's not who he is. Well, I'm sorry. Like that's my interaction with them and that means that they must be different. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. But – or, or yeah. they were on an off day. I don't know. But 
But when we celebrate people to a level of saying, um, you know, they are they are the celebrity and they I can't wait to see them. If I only met them, if they would only be my pastor. Number one, if you say those words in front of your pastor, you're messed up. Right, because like, because oh, yeah. because yeah. you have a pastor who's doing everything that they can. Hopefully, you have a pastor who's doing everything that they can to pour into your life, encourage you, and challenge you to to dig into Scripture and grow in Jesus Christ. Okay, but if but if you're not looking at your pastor going, I wish that they were so and so, you're missing the point. Yeah, because it's not about who's teaching it; it's about what you're grabbing, what you're grasping. That if that pastor is doing what they can to teach you, then you need to listen to that, honor that, celebrate that because that's your pastor, not some person over in North Carolina, Seattle, California, right. New York, wherever, Australia, right? right. Um, I just I just gave away who I'm talking Who's about. Basically, putting not to me because I'm. Ignorant, but but uh, you know, it, or it's these people are someone who's who's putting out a product. You know, mm-hmm. to me, you know, I keep coming back to that. But it's you know, and the, like you said, the real pastoring is going on going on with that person that you have the personal relationship with, right? Right, and in your in your church community, you know, yeah, it is really a, I think a side effect of this celebrity pastor thing and this celebrity Christian author thing. I'm just going to throw them in with celebrity pastors, mm-hmm. celebrity Christian authors, is that. Um, the danger is that we feel like we can grow apart from our actual local community of Christians. Mm-hmm. And we should be growing with them and next to them. That could be with your pastor. could be with your Bible study group. could be with your neighbors. For me, it's – thank God it's with my neighbors. You know, you mm-hmm. put me next to some people. Uh, we go to church together and just the growth that goes on in that community. There's this real danger where uh, if it gets uncomfortable – you know, if they rebuke me or if they see where I fall short and I have to apologize uh, for sinning, uh, then there's this this idea that like – or if they offend me. You know, mm-hmm. this happens a lot. People get offended and they just sort of like a wounded uh, like a wounded creature. They go and hide yeah. and, um, and, and they decide I'm going to be shut off from that, that church. Um, and, and then you're sort of living as, as like an independent believer. And I think the danger is we can grab a hold of some of these books. We can grab a hold of some of these online sermons. We can watch YouTube videos of Pastor So and So, you know, from from the mega church, and we can feel like we're doing what God wants us to do, but being alone, you yeah. know, and not actually attending um, whatever worship meeting or whatever Bible meetings your church offers, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um. So with that though, I'm gonna go and take a slight break. From this section, we'll come back to this, but I wanted to talk about a book. Um, so throughout our time, I think we're going to do little book segments, um, kind of books that we're reading or books okay. that things that we're um, checking out. I got this book, um, Francis Chan's Letters to the Church. Okay. I don't know if you've had it. I have not read this. I have read some Francis Chan because who hasn't? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so. Speaking of a guy who recognized himself as becoming a celebrity pastor. Yeah. And I, so rumors I've heard is that he's kind of a person who resists that, right? He's always tried to do the things that, you know, um, would be uh, sort of the, uh, the opposite of what you'd expect. Um, I don't know, a, a well known name to do. Yeah. So um, he actually shares in the book how he had this transition. He was the pastor. For those of you who don't know, um, he was the pastor of Cornerstone Church in Simi Valley, um, California. He was okay. in Simi Valley. And he um, – a phenomenal uh, person who communicates the word of God so well. Like I love listening to Francis Chan speak. Yeah. Um, and like you know, he's, he's, a, he's a strong person of God. He focuses on the word and, and he's very diligent in his – in his discipline of understanding scripture and sharing it well. I love it. Um, okay. Now, again, borderline of saying, you know, I don't worship him. I, I wouldn't, I, like, I'm not, and I'm not a disciple of Francis Chan. Yeah. But I think that what he does is he, he does a great job of translating and communicating the word of God to people. Right. And um, I could say I'm not a disciple of Francis Chan because when he doesn't have a new book out, I forget all about him. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but I did have crazy love on audio and, yeah. uh, uh, I made my children listen to it in the car. Yeah. So, so he wrote this book, and in, in there he talks about how he discovered that people were coming to Cornerstone just to hear him speak. Okay. And he was a little bit nervous about that. So they can say they saw this guy. Right. Like how I want to go see Paul McCartney next summer. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Right. And so he said um, – one of the conversations he had with his elders at, at one point was like, 
what would this church be like if you weren't here? And that put up a red flag for him. So then he basically said that he needs to get out of that role. And, okay. and so they kind of helped him in the process. And, and I'm kind of paraphrasing it. You, you'll have to read it. But he, right. he basically said, like, I, I need to step out of this role. Um, and and it was hard because people were like, wait a second. You are this mega church pastor. You're famous. Everybody wants to come hear you. Right. You're doing such a great job. And he said, that's exactly why I need to get right. out. And what they're saying actually is, dude, you have a brand. <laughs> you have built a brand and you're trying to walk away from it. Yeah. And so he said, I'm out. And so he and his family went to China and they, they okay. discovered what the underground church looked like you know, in, in China. China. Um, he went into – Places where people kind of gather together around one light and reading the Bible while okay. gathered around one light is like, and he just gained a new understanding of what church should be, could be, and a new desire to see that grow and to see that work. So now he's back in Northern California, I believe, doing some work there, and, mm-hmm. and they have little small home churches developing. And as they grow, they separate because mm-hmm. they don't want to go over a certain number, and and that's a pretty cool thing. At least that's my understanding of it. And so it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. And so what he did was he wrote this book called Letters to the Church, where it challenges us in our understanding of what the church is. Okay. He says he's like he's understanding that our church has the American church especially has become very consumeristic, very much of a what are you doing for me? And if you aren't continuing to do this for me, then I'm going to find another church that will do this for me until I find another church that does it for me. You know, so oh it, yeah, it's absolutely a, church shopping. Yeah. And uh, yeah, in, in honest to goodness, um, how people choose a church is very much the way we choose a consumer product. You know, uh, I want the best car for me. You know, I, I want to shop for a house. I want to, you know, and uh, unfortunately, we we do that with so many things uh, that aren't consumer products. You know, and I uh, I've always wondered about that, and um, I I sometimes stop and ask myself, how many churches am I driving past to to get to the church that <laughs> that I want to go to? Yeah. yeah, I mean, if I'm passing twelve churches to get to my church, you know, yeah, or I'm or I'm driving through a couple of towns. To get to the third town away, you know, on the highway. Yeah. Whoa, have I shopped? Have I shopped all those churches and just picked the one that was giving out the the product that I want? Yeah. You know, for some people that's the the the, the, the preaching. For some people that's the children's ministry package. Mm-hmm. You know, that they got going on down there. And for some people, it's as simple as they like the style of the worship music. Right. Yeah. And um, one of the things that I've I've done with our church plant, but then also for conferences I've had around like our, our student ministry is going to get started. And, and even with other people who are doing things, I'm like, whatever you get them there with, you have to keep them there with. That's that's the reality of things. Yeah, that's too bad though. Yeah, you know, it's uh, like you got to keep giving them what they came to get. Right, and you know? so if you start off plain yeah. and people see that it's just plain, then, then you don't have to worry about doing lights and fog machines sure. because that's not what you're getting them there with. You're getting there with simplicity. Sure. And in fact, that's one of the things that I've heard from a lot of people that have come into the church that we started here is that – they love the simplicity of it mm-hmm. because it's not about the show. They're recognizing like, we have a guitar player and a, and a percussionist. Both are talented, but we don't have a full band. Right. We don't have lights and fog machines. We don't have um, we don't have the number one. We don't have the budget for that. But number two, we don't really have a desire for that. We want to see right. people grow in Jesus, not not grow in stage production, right? And right. So so we want to make sure that everything's going well in that. And I'm not knocking the churches that do that. I'm just saying that if they do that and then they pull it away. It'll be interesting to see what kind of people stick around mm. because they're coming for that performance. They're coming for that coming energy, for that performance, yeah. As opposed to what is it? What is it really mm. happening? And I'm not saying that we got it all right. I'm just saying that we have to be wise about what are we doing in our leadership, what are we doing in our in our um, in our churches mm-hmm. to draw people in. Because whatever you draw them in with, that's yeah. what you have to keep them there with. And if mm-hmm. you're drawing them in with gift cards and and um, paying for their fuel, paying for their food, mm-hmm. that's fantastic that you're able to do that. But that means you can't stop doing. I know. I would love. To, I would love to see church people come in and then. Uh, you know, I hope some church is doing this. You know, a church that has like some, uh, uh, you know, surplus mm-hmm. in, in the bank account and just pull people aside like, hey man, do you need me to pay your gas bill this month? <laughs> you need me to pay your rent? I don't know if that goes on, but I hope it's going on it, somewhere. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. They, they put these things out, and um, it, it's easier than ever to uh, advertise and to draw people into a church because of you know social media. You know, yeah. uh, but I, I've seen you know I've seen posters around town like come to this thing, and uh, it, it kind of. Do you remember? Do you remember uh, Wow Worship commercials? Yes. Remember Wow Worship CDs? Do they still make those? I don't know. Okay, while worship, sorry, I, I, this is not about any recent collection. I'm yeah. just saying that in the 90s, you could see a commercial 
where uh, they were marketing a, a uh, wow worship. If you don't know, uh, back back when they had these things called CDs, <laughs> uh, you could you could get a collection. Uh, this is really well before the internet. You know, mm-hmm. you could you could get a collection of you know maybe your favorite uh, worship songs or your favorite Christian. Um, uh, contemporary Christian songs, which were really at this 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 peak of popularity in the '90s, you know, uh, and uh, you could you could get your collection of all the number one worship hits, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know the first thing on it would be you know like an Amy Grant song or something, yeah. and um, yeah, Lord, and I lift your name on high, Lord, I lift your, yeah, <laughs> and they, they but the way they would market it is. Uh, just to paraphrase some of those commercials, you know, the most powerful worship experience. You, yes. And I'm like, whoa! I can. It's only going to cost me nineteen ninety nine to have the most powerful worship experience, plus shipping and handling. Plus shipping and handling. Yeah. And uh, and I feel like sometimes, uh, you know, which which that's silly. No no church is really writing that script. You know, mm-hmm. this this is like a record label saying we have to sell as many of these as possible. Oh, yeah. We're going to promise whatever. You oh, know. Yeah. Uh, it, it puts me in mind of a uh, you know a Simpsons episode where Homer uh, promised uh, eternal peace for a dollar, yeah. and people started <laughs> yes. mailing him one dollar. You know, I'm like, well, we kind of do that sometimes, you know. And uh, but but you'll see uh, uh, churches sort of market themselves in that way. You yeah, know? yeah. And so um, so anyway, to what Francis Chan said, he, he was really in this book. He really addresses those things, and and I'm still reading it. But it's a it's a great read, and it challenges you. To your core, really, especially as a pastor, but then as a person who attends churches and things like that too, like, what am I looking for? What am I really desiring? And one of the things that he says in the very beginning, he talks about the sacred. I'm just going to read a little excerpt from it. Um, he says, the stories in scripture are meant to show us that there exists something of greater value than our existence and rights. There are things that belong to God, sacred things. And then he says, let's thank God for his mercy and tread more carefully into sacred matters. Wow. Right? I mean, it's such a powerful like statement because it church is supposed to be sacred mm-hmm. our, our time together should be sacred if we come in rushing look, waiting for the next thing to come you right know, when we're so busy we miss out that a lot of times that's what's happening in, in this culture of christianity is that i'm coming into the church i'm gonna listen to the pastor but i'm gonna be watching my watch and if he goes over a certain time i'm gonna just get up and go because i got other things important oh i'm guilty when, of that i know, you know but, i got plans on sunday sometimes you know yeah and you know, I hate to do it, but you know, in, in those days when I can stick around after and try to spend some time with the community, you look at how fast people leave. The, you know, yeah. they're like, "I got to get to Applebee's now." Yeah, you know, so. but it's like, and and there's, I think that there's different um, understanding of that too. You know, it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. if you have something scheduled, you have to be at. Okay, that's that's a thing. But some people are just busy just to be busy. Sure. On a Sunday, and and they come to church and they. If it goes over an hour, they get mad. You know, <laughs> right, if right. It, it's like instead of saying no, like this is something I need to be holding on to because apparently this is a sacred moment. Yeah, and we miss out on this. We miss out on the sacred moments because mm-hmm. we're so caught up in what's coming next. And so Francis kind of yeah. goes into this whole thing. Francis, like I know him. Um, uh, we'll say Chan. Yeah, Mister <laughs> Mister yeah. Mister Chan, Pastor yeah. Chan, Pastor Francis. Yeah, um, he goes into this whole detail of like, what are we doing in church, and how are we doing this well? And so, um, it's it's a great read. So that's that's that. Um, but again, going coming back to the celebrity Christian concept of things now, um, I think that we have to be very careful about how we are lifting people up yeah. in the Christian platforms. Um, Jesus was very clear in his messages around not wanting to be lifted up as a celebrity. Because okay. even when there's a point where he does, you know, he he does his work, and they want to make him a king. Yeah, and he he knows that, so he bails. He yeah. gets out of that crowd quick. Um, he knows he he would heal people, and he'd say, "Don't go tell anybody who this who did this to you." And even when he healed the, the man um, by the pool of Bethesda, you know, he, he, he heals that man. He says, take up your mat and walk. And the man goes and the religious leader is like, who did this? And he's like, I don't really know. Because Jesus didn't say, oh, by the way, you know, he didn't pull open his shirt and say, um, I'm a Jesus freak. Right? right? Like he didn't have that. Like he didn't have like one of those uh, poor uh, copy, copyright infringed infringe, um, shirts from <laughs> – from uh, Christian bookstores, you know, where it's like Mountain Dew, but it's like some lame, oh. like uh, I don't know. But anyway, you know oh man, you, oh I know because I owned <laughs> all of them in about the year 1999, and uh, exactly right, we all best, have them. Best thing that ever happened to me was I did yard work in those things, and they all fell apart. And <laughs> now I don't have any. So yeah, it's like <laughs> we have all those things that we like were, you know, but 
Mountain Dew wasn't about to sue the church over those things, but I'm yeah. sure there's some copyright infringement going on. Yeah. But, but the thing is, it's like Jesus didn't say, look at my shirt, so that way he would know who he was. Jesus did the healing and he walked away. Yeah. He never wanted to be a celebrity. He didn't want to be on the show because he knew that he was going to end up on the cross. Right. And so for him, it wasn't about the show. It was about the kingdom, always about the purpose of bringing people to back to a relationship with their creator. Mm. He didn't want to be – he didn't have a spotlight on him. He didn't want that. Um, Could you imagine if suffering uh, – if, 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 if celebrity today led to suffering – like mm. it did in, in Jesus' day or, yeah. or Peter or Paul. Oh, man. I mean, how many of us would want to become that famous pastor if we knew that we were going to be in prison or executed for yeah. it? I mean, that, that's the thing, right? Like these um, – we – but but then to the next level though is that once those celebrities kind of shift mm-hmm. in their – share a message that challenges people beyond their comfort. Right. They They flip on them. They flip on them. You, right. you see, well, it all you time. stop giving me the product that I that I want. You know, yeah. it's like you said. If you if you bring them in with this, you've got to keep giving it. And yeah. it would be like if uh, McDonald's took Big Macs off the menu right now. That'd be blasphemy. All, all the Big Mac followers would riot. Mm-hmm. You know? The McRib. If that never came back, you know how mad people would be. This, I mean. I would be. Um, that would be a religion. There would be people camped out around the McDonald's waiting for the return of the McRib. The people can't wait for St. Patrick's Day because why? The shamrock shake reappears, right? Yeah. I don't know what makes that thing green, but it's so good, right? Yeah. But the reality is, is like that's that's the that is the brand that McDonald's has built, right? And the church has brands too. We have to be careful that we don't worship the brand over our creator. Sure. And and we don't worship the person. Who's speaking the message? That when that person dies, or that person feels led to go somewhere else, are you going to like the best way to to check ourselves is if that pastor were to leave, would you leave your church? If wow! That, if yeah. That, if that pastor were to leave, would you leave your church? Mm-hmm. Um, and if so, then that means you are worshiping your pastor. You are mm-hmm. not worshiping Jesus. I've seen it with my own eyes. Yes. I have a friend that uh, moved to three different churches because the pastor had moved three times. Yeah. And a friend of ours said, uh, "If so and so set up a church in a doghouse, so and so would go to that doghouse." Yeah. And he, um, you know. Uh, he was friends with both of them when he said this, but I heard that and I thought, really, you know? And uh, I just, wow, I just thought, man, I hope that doesn't happen to me, you know? Yeah. Or I become enamored uh, with yeah. a certain person, perhaps their charisma. Yeah, you know. So for us, I think this is um, just to, for the sake of time. I think we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. But I yeah. think that, um, but for us, we have to remember that the Christians who are celebrities are human too. Yeah. They make mistakes. They say things that are out of line sometimes, um, just like everybody. Yeah. And so we can't get mad at them for being human. We can challenge them to be better, but we cannot be mad at them for being human like us. So oh, they, absolutely. And if they don't use the platform to say, Jesus, 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 every moment, we can't get mad at them either. Because if you're in your job, do you say Jesus, Jesus, Jesus every moment? No. Even pastors don't. They you frown know? on that at public school where I work. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's like if you're not going to do that in your job, then don't make, expect them to do it in theirs. Right. It's not fair. It's not It's not fair at all. You live our lives the way we're supposed to live. Mm-hmm. Celebrity pastors, it's great to have pastors you look up to. It's great yeah. to have pastors that you learn from, that that enhance your understanding of spirit and, and, and help grow you spiritually. But don't look to them as being better than any other pastor. Granted, they might be. But it doesn't mean that you have to, you know. You don't have to sell. You don't have to celebrate them more than the pastor of um, a, a twenty-five person church down mm-hmm. the road. Just because they have three thousand people and the other person has twenty-five does not mean that that they're doing better work than the person down in the twenty-five church. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit, and if the Holy Spirit is speaking through uh, my people at my church or my pastor at my church. It's the same Holy Spirit that's speaking to Francis Chan. Yes. I don't have to go to Francis Chan. Yes. It's the same God. Yeah. So here's something that suddenly occurred to me as we're talking right now. Uh, you know, Elijah. Remember when he ran away? Um, mm-hmm. You know, after he 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 uh, a little little scuffle between him and Jezebel. <laughs> it's an understatement, right? Yeah. yeah. But uh, he he disappears into the wilderness, and um, long story short, he ends up in a cave. 
and he's he's praying to God to just basically end all this now. He's given up because no one worships the Lord anymore. And then what were the three things that happened? It was like three loud things in a row. There was a fire. Mm-hmm. I don't. This is out of order. Okay. Yeah, there was a huge fire that came through this this bit of wilderness. A rushing wind. It was a rushing wind. It was loud. It actually like split rocks, right? Mm-hmm. And then was there an earthquake? Yeah. Okay. You can tell I didn't look this up before. There's just one yeah. of those. But so and you uh, can tell that I'm not yeah. a pastor. He's going to pretend like I. I think Mi- so I don't maybe know. we can. Maybe we'll that. get our first emails over this. You yeah. Know? Probably. Yeah. yeah. But you're cheating because you Googled it right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the anyway, Bible Gateway. Yeah. Don't pretend. Yeah. If I if I go on a Bible Gateway, I might know what I'm talking about. Anyway, three loud things happened to Elijah, and it says specifically the voice of God was not in those things. Mm-hmm. The Lord was not in it. In and then the last thing was a whisper mm-hmm. that Elijah just barely hears in his ears at the threshold of audibility mm-hmm. and that's where the voice of god was and yeah. you can get a lot of things from that story uh, of uh you know elijah being out in the wilderness but uh i think that what i get from it is that um god's voice is not necessarily in the loudest thing mm-hmm. we yeah. want those big loud things but really it might be in a whisper and it, you know the holy spirit is sometimes working through these quiet people yeah. and you know God will come to you you know in these ways that that you might not expect and I think that should steer us clear of trying to go to these these giant giant things to get these big experiences right yeah no very good and I think that um you know for us again to, to just to remember that it, it's it's not about who is sharing the message it's about the message, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and so when we're when we're listening to these these things, like we got to remember, like that anybody could be doing this, and um, and like you said, it's the same spirit. We have to just be we have to be listening and paying attention, not get so caught up in in numbers, not get so caught up. And the thing is, so and, and I'm going to say this because for me, I'm guilty of this at times. As a pastor, I, I can get as a pastor, as an author, as a blogger, as um, you know, trying to be get my social media presence up, right? Because like there are certain things that I have to do. Because I mean, let's face it, as a pastor, I'm not making a bunch of money, so I have to do other things to kind of get money, like get income in, yeah. Because I have bills to pay too, mm-hmm. and so writing books helps me, you know, get get money in, and and comedy is going to hopefully become something and and blogging hasn't really made money but it's still something i have to do but it's like for me i still have a platform that i have to build yeah and so but then i compare myself well look at these pastors who are selling thousands and thousands of copies of their books and i wrote mine i sold 200 you know it's like yeah and no wonder like i'm not i'm not popular and then i start going but am i supposed to be popular no like right and i have to keep reminding myself of the very thing that i'm saying right now is that it's not about the numbers it's not about it's not about being popular. It's not about being celebrity because it never should be my drive. My drive should be sharing the word of God and getting people to embrace that and understand their role in the kingdom of God and that they have a God who loves them, who sees them how they are and pushes them towards being a part of his kingdom you know, and yeah. serving well. And so it's not about anything else, and I have to keep reminding myself of that. And so I am guilty of trying to become a celebrity. But I have to keep kicking myself in the rear and saying, no, that's not the purpose. That's not my purpose at all. Right. And, um, and that's hard. It's hard because um, you can't get in that comparison trap. And so um, so that's a confession. But at the same time, it's also me just saying, here I am. You know? Yeah. Um, it's just how it is. Yeah. And uh, I'll confess that uh, until next time, uh, I will be eating a Big Mac and listening to Kanye's new album. <laughs> yes. And, and Lecrae. Kanye and Lecrae. Good balance there. Probably just Lecrae. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Kanye's <laughs> album is trash. But um, is it? Yeah. It really wasn't good. But anyway. Um, we can talk about that another time. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, hey, um, I'm Bobby. I'm Jared. And uh, this is our podcast. Thanks for listening.